0: What if we spent as much energy caring for hurting people as we did debating about the appropriate response to the pandemic?
1: I'm Taylor. I'm Brian. Welcome to the Echo
0: Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise.
1: joining us for episode 2 of a kind of mini series we're doing on how we get to guard our souls during this strange pandemic. Last week we focused on personal discipleship in these three rhythms of life. We listen to God before we peek at the news, we exercise before we get tired, and we call someone before we go to bed. This week we're going to be looking at communal discipleship and what that looks like living it out. Hey Brian, how you doing?
0: Hey, I'm doing well. How are you doing, Taylor? Not too bad. Fantastic. So, hey, I wanted to read this great review I got. I'm going to read the review first, and okay. then I'm going to tell you the name of the person who left it. But Ooh. we really appreciate anytime time you can leave a review. It really helps us out a bunch, helps people find the podcast. So here's what it says. It says... Um, this is a message every Christian needs to hear with all the noise of social media, especially as we head into a very contentious election. So they're talking about the first few episodes. Right. Um, we all need these reminders to keep us focused on Christ. So they were talking about the, the four-part series we had on Loving Your Neighbor Politically. Yep. And the name of the person who left this glowing five-star review, Thanks for Nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're... The, the, <laughs> Uh, you're welcome for everything, I yep. guess, is the appropriate response. Yeah. So
0: thank you. Thanks for nothing. Uh, we're thinking of you today. We are. And so we appreciate the thanks for nothings out there yep.
1: and everybody else. I don't know what to think about thanks for nothing, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I would love to find out who that is. I, I would too, but I'm also kind of nervous about it now.
0: Yeah. So, hey, if, if you are listening, wherever you are, leave a review. That really helps us a ton. And uh, a- as Taylor mentioned, we're going to kind of turn the corner today a little bit on in this kind of extra two-part series we had. And it's my turn to grill Taylor just a little bit. He that to me last week. But specifically, I want to talk about some of the struggles for parents um, that, that he's kind of facing. I just want to kind of, you know, ask him a few interview kind of questions for a bit. And then we're going to uh, just give you three practical steps, parent or not, that you can take to uh, really disciple your community and care for other people. So you ready? Ready, ready. Question one. What's it been like at home with three little girls for you and Ashley during this time?
1: It has been a piece of cake if that cake was laced with cyanide and <laughs> arsenic. Uh, it, 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 you know, you've heard people say things like we've never encountered something like this before. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily true true in the history of America, but definitely for my wife and I, we've never encountered this type of issue and this type of situation and season where we're having to really dig into what's going to be best for our family health-wise, what's going to be best for our our extended family should something happen. My uh, grandfather is living with my mom and dad, so he's definitely at a more susceptible Mm -hmm. uh, stage of his life, but I also have little girls that I'm very wary of, and we want to make sure that The decisions that we're making are good for them, um, as well as it is for those who we're going to come in contact with as well. Um, Not just my daughters, but my wife, uh, who has uh, autoimmune disease, who is also Mm. really compromised in this kind of situation. Um, For a lot of people, you see the signs in in their storefronts that says masks are mandatory. Um, My wife, unfortunately, has an allergy with a lot of the ingredients that are in masks, and it'll cause her... Uh, to break out or to have trouble breathing, uh, so we've had to kind of navigate those stores that have said we're sorry. Even with that, we can't let you come in for safety reasons. We don't take that as persecution. It's really aggravating. <laughs> it's really inconvenient. Um, but we need to recognize that our actions and our worldview and how we're interpreting what the experts are saying it has consequences, and it's going to affect other people beyond us. So it's been hard but it hasn't been unfruitful um, trusting God with outcomes um, and just walking in faithfulness has has really been uh, kind of the backbone of how we're navigating family life right now
0: yeah you know I was thinking just today you know here in Tulsa right now October um, my life is probably 70% normal now my work life church leadership life is not anywhere close to that normal. It's never normal really. Um, but if I, if I need to go to home depot, um, I can put on a mask and it's, it's zero big deal for me. It, it's like a, you know, like a 2% inconvenience and that's it. Um, but for you guys, it's just been a bigger struggle for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So, um, has there been anything to prepare you for this?
1: Uh, to be perfectly honest, um, a good community of believers who lift us up in prayer, uh, we believe in a spiritual intervention of the Holy Spirit, giving us wisdom when we're making choices. Um, not listening to the extremes in the political spectrum and not really not really paying a lot of attention to conspiracy theories which abound everywhere on social media. Uh, my wife does an amazing job. she homeschools our kids um while I'm at work and she does an amazing job of really digging into the research getting to the experts that have really nothing to gain from uh, the yeah, from yeah. the kind of contrary positions and things that they're uh, putting out there so I'm I'm amazingly grateful to my wife who really cares so much about our kids and about our family that she's digging into all of this. And then she gets to point me in that direction. Then I get to read and we get to really come together and make those decisions together, even though my wife has kind of taken the forefront of of gaining that information and research. She also has a much better gift of discernment than I do. Um, So uh, I recognize my weakness and her strength and it's been really good for us.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, one of the highlights is having you guys at our patio church. <laughs> we have enjoyed the patio church. Yeah, and that, you know, uh, I wonder if it's just something we'll look back on fondly as like this weird little season, or maybe it's something we'll come back to again. I know that's going to be a little bit weather-related, and I'm not yeah. sure how things look forward, but at the very least, we'll look back, think fondly of those times that we got to worship the Lord together with our little group, and you and Ashley on the porch swing or wherever, and. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and during that time. So I did want to ask you during this time, what's been helpful for your family? Um,
1: That's a really good question. Um, We've been doing a lot more reading um, with our girls. Mm -hmm. Um, We usually have Bible story time or some prayer time, but really focusing on other people, uh, praying that people would not be fearful. Um, With my upbringing and our heritage, discernment is really important. So oftentimes we neglect our own selves and we pray for others. And I don't say that to be prideful or boastful, but we recognize that there are some people who don't always have a good grasp on things and that they're going to hear, um, they're really going to listen to the extremes uh, of all of this contention and everything that's happening and the different political spectrums and the different uh, interpretations of the data. So really getting to focus on others mm-hmm. um, is, is a, a really good way that we get to be healthy in and of ourselves. Um, for instance, my daughter has seasonal allergies and that came up. But because of the homeschool coalition that we're a part of, um, they said, we do have families that are a little bit more fearful, a little bit more concerned with that. And the symptoms you're describing for your daughter with her seasonal allergies, that sounds like COVID. Um, So we could get all hot. We could get all bothered. Or we could pick our mountains and the mountains to die on and the molehills to get over. Mm -hmm. Um, And we recognize that probably the best thing that we can do is just be gracious to people. Nobody really knows the perfect right absolute answer on how to deal with this so kind of just being gracious for all the wrong and right decisions
0: yeah uh so ragweed kind of shot up in Tulsa I think it was this last weekend and that impacted my son and we were just talking about how allergies will never be the same Nope. a little allergy comes and uh, you're in a public setting and go on a sneezing fit People, you know, will be abandoning you like you've got the plague. Yep. Because uh, you might. <laughs> so yes. Yes, you might. <laughs> it's just cha- it's just gonna change things forever. So. Yep. For sure. Um. All right. Anything else you want to say about your experience?
1: Uh, just to the parents out there who are feeling maybe a little bit lost or, oh, am I acting out of fear? Um, I'm reminded of one of the most encouraging passages of Scripture is that God has not given us a, a spirit of fear, but a, but a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. Um, but it is our responsibility to really listen to that spirit and act in it Mm. that doesn't mean you don't exercise caution that doesn't mean that you may say well we're not going to go here because of such and such reasons um but there's something to be said about not acting out of fear but acting out of caution is not a bad thing so parents i sympathize with you it's a strange weird time And it often feels like no decision you make is the right one. And that's when we really get to trust God that he's going to handle the outcome. We just need to walk in faith and be loving and gracious during this time period and stand strong in your convictions. And if you've decided this is what's best for our family based on the information that's out there, Stand firm, but then also be okay with saying, "Oh, maybe we went too far, or maybe we didn't go far enough in this and 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 that's fine. This is a lot of trial and error, so give yourself the same grace that you're giving to other people.
0: Mm, that's good. You know, I, and I've just thought about um, my friends who are single parents and they're yeah. trying to do this, and they're trying to hold down a job. Yeah, um, I've thought about uh, friends who, um, are maybe um, grandparents, but have kids in their home. Uh, just thought about all these different s- situations. So many where contributing it's so factors. So complicated yeah. for them. I've never th- had something where there's just more contributing factors. And yeah. trying to navigate all that, there's no perfect answer. Yeah. It's just um, my friend Kyle Edelman tells a story of being on this mountain skiing with his son, and they got on the wrong lift. They're beginners. Or, you know, not beyond intermediate. And they end up on the black diamonds. There's three Ooh. black diamonds, which is the most difficult only for experts. If you're not an expert, you might get taken down, you know, with your leg in a cast. Ugh. And so they they get up there, and he realizes there's three terrible options. There's not <laughs> any easy options. So we might yep. as well at some point yeah. just do our best and point our skis and go. Yep. And that's what this has felt like we've had a whole bunch of not great choices to yeah.
1: make. And, and what's good for my wife and I, the conversations that we have, rarely are they, what's the right choice and what's the wrong choice? Mm-hmm. And it's much more, okay, what's the good choice, what's yeah. the better choice, yeah. and what's the best choice? Yeah. That's just kind of just marriage advice in general, right? Yeah. Like, it's not about winning or losing being right and wrong, it's, okay, this is good, this is better, yeah. okay, this is best. Yeah. And that's that's been helpful, I yeah. think. So last week, we really focused on personal discipleship, the three ways that you get to protect and and guard your soul. Um, But that's good for me. But now we kind of got to go beyond that. We don't live in isolation. Nobody's experiencing everything uh, involving this pandemic in a vacuum. What we're doing is affecting other people. And we're either going to stir peace and grace, or we're just going to keep adding the Fuel to the fire, and just—it's going to be madness. So what does communal discipleship look like during this time period?
0: Yeah, we want to throw three things at you real quickly. Number one is a look for needs. Yeah. If you want to care for your neighbors and care for those around you, you have to go looking for the needs. And that doesn't mean you just happen to notice one at some point. You might, but you actually kind of have your head on a swivel. You're looking around— And if you read through the Gospels, just through the lens of what did Jesus see? He saw Zacchaeus up in a tree. And I don't know if that was very obvious or not, but I would imagine a lot of people never saw him, Um, said he looked on the crowds and had compassion on them. He sees blind men by the side of the road. He notices someone touches his garment. Um, He's always seeing people that nobody else even saw. And so he was actively looking for needs to meet. And if you don't actively look for them, you're not going to find them. Um, not and not unless they like just right in front of your face. And so uh, that's just step one: is just start looking for your needs. And I think that you'll find, you know, somebody in your neighborhood or a family like Taylor and Ashley with three little kids, and maybe there's a way that you could serve them practically with a meal or. Uh, You know, taking the kids on a walk or in something just to love those kind of families or to sit down with your elderly neighbor a neighbor uh, on the driveway and have a conversation with them and just looking for those needs.
1: Yeah. Especially me as a husband who I'm kind of content with how things are. I don't really ask for a lot. Um, I have to kind of look beyond myself and I get to say, okay, what are the needs of my wife? Mm -hmm. Okay. What are the needs of my children? Okay. What about my parents? What about, what about her mom? And just kind of going beyond there. It's easy for us to get in a very isolationist self-preservation mentality And the gospel contradicts that constantly. Yeah. It's not not you and me against each other fighting for survival. It's us loving one another and being gracious and compassionate. Absolutely. So number two then
0: is using discernment. Absolutely. I think during this time, and you said that word earlier, that once you see a need, then we need to pray for discernment and talk with other people because— it's possible to do harm when you're trying to help someone. Yeah. Uh, read When Helping Hurts or Toxic Charity. There's these great books. Um, I remember when our food pantry team first said that out loud. Said, so, you know, we could actually hurt people trying to help them. Yeah. So we it means we need to be wise when we're trying to help people. But we also just need to use discernment about how do we care for people during a pandemic? Yeah. And, and that's really tough. So for instance, uh, our family has Um, uh, four kids uh, who have spent a lot of time in our house uh, over the last um, couple years that God has certainly called us, uh, urged us to care for, uh, coming from a background that's been a struggle for them. And so for about a month and a half, we did not have them in our home. Mm. Um, We were concerned for their family, concerned for our family. And the more we just thought about that in discernment, we came to a point where we felt like it was too dangerous for them to not invite them back to be part of our family rhythms. And so um, we chose, in in talking with their family and all of that, um, to begin doing life with them where they would be on our home, they would be on our car on the way to the park, or uh, wherever that might be, and so to let them enter into our life. There are other people that we've said, um, said, hey, can we come over and talk? Yes. Can I meet you on the back patio? Yeah. Or can we meet at the park under the shelter? And it hasn't been that, yeah, come into my living room. Those people, you know, have been gracious. They might be a little bit bummed, but they have not been suffering. And so that's just where we have to use discernment. And probably we'll all be in kind of different Uh, places in the river but hopefully we're in this river of thinking we want to care about the community good both from a health standpoint and from an emotional and spiritual health standpoint and And again, there's not like right or wrong sometimes and that's just choosing what's the best option.
1: And I think that uh, at least from media and from political parties and even from soundbites, people are going to say, no, there there are rights that are being squandered or Mm -hmm. that there are certain things that we're going to lose. And the reality is, okay, even if that happens, the church is still going to be here. Mm -hmm. So how do we continue to love God and love our neighbor? Um, I'm also reminded that discernment is a is not only a skill that we can acquire, but it's also a gift, yeah. and that we get to listen to the Holy Spirit on those best practices. So there's common sense, if you will, yeah, and yeah. then there, and then there's a spiritual sense as yeah. well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And I I shared this in a sermon the other day. The fastest growing church in the world is in Iran, and heavily persecuted country, church is growing like crazy, and. They don't have buildings or programs. Uh, they're largely led by women, and they're growing like gangbusters, and um, they're just doing incredible. And it's just a reminder that even in this midst of trial, uh, there is great that can be good for the kingdom that can be done as we show discernment and, um, and and Number three, keep doing what is good. So that's the third thing. Hey, that's good. Yep, keep doing what is good. And so that's where I just want to ask, what if we spent as much energy caring for hurting people as we did debating about the appropriate response to the pandemic? Yeah. So let me unpack that for a moment. Go for it. I'll be honest. I'm a little bit tired of the social media debates about, I hate this policy. I love this policy. I hate this policy. I love this policy back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And what I see people doing is spending a whole lot of energy on something they can't control. And I, I think there is a place to speak up in the political arena uh, and talk to your city councilors and mayors. Um, but being mad at the governor of Michigan isn't very fruitful for me. I don't get to vote for the governor of Michigan. <laughs> so being really mad about that isn't fruitful. What right. is fruitful is saying, what can I do to help my neighbor here in Tulsa?
1: Yeah, I think so often we uh, lose the forest for the trees, mm. but then we can also lose the trees for the forest. <laughs> it's like it, it's all important. There's no forest without the trees, but there's no trees without forest yeah. at the same time.
0: Yeah, and I'm just thinking if we can get the energy in our angst pointed in the direction of doing what is good and yeah. helpful, I think we'd be farther down the road Uh, i love galatians 6 9 and maybe it should just be the verse that highlights today's whole talk it says never grow tired of doing what is good and to be honest i've gotten a little tired
1: of doing what is good have you Uh, very much so but my emotional and physical state can't dictate how i love god and how i love my neighbor i have to go beyond that
0: yeah so last week's episode we do have to practice these healthy rhythms so God is nurturing us, and as we do that, we don't just give in to the laziness because we grow tired of doing what is good. It means I still get to love my neighbor and care for people and look for those needs, show discernment, and then just keep doing what is good. One quick story uh, just shows how this plays out. There's a family from our church, and they started looking for needs, and they saw that there were some kids who needed computers, specifically Chromebooks because that's what the local schools were using. Right. They also met a, uh, a single mom who had kids, and she was working. So they decided that as a family um, that the mom was off on Fridays, and she could have her friend's kids come and do virtual school in her living room with them. And so they're doing that on Fridays. I always just love that mom and let the mom have her Friday work and a little bit of time. That's awesome. While she helps the kids with the schooling they need, the dad is like a computer expert. He figured out how to take old laptops and rebuild them into Chromebook accessible. Oh, that is too cool. And so uh, he's then offering to just give those away for free to families who need them. It's like looking around, discerning what can we do, what's safe, what's okay, and then just doing what is good. I love it.
1: That is too cool. So here's this week's Echo. For communal discipleship, we need to look for needs, use discernment, and keep doing good.
0: Hey, we finished five minutes early again. And so we want to ask you to take the next five minutes to start looking for needs. Make a brainstorm list with your family, with your friends, and that can lead you into praying for discernment and then doing what is good. Hey, you can connect with us, uh, leave us a note or an email. You can also find out about my book, Dancing in No Man's Land, at brianjenningsblog.com. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. And this has been the Echo Podcast. Where we've been looking for truth in the noise. Have a great week. Blessings.